Take them and turn with me to that text that Michaela just read, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, which we will get to in just a moment. Thank you, Michaela, for leading our little ones, and Mike for leading us in worship. Need to see different parts of the body working together, and that's really our focus this morning. I want to welcome every single one of you to Big Woods Bible Church, a great privilege that we have to, to enjoy the freedoms and the graces that God has given to us to meet in this fashion, to stand up and to sing loud, to pray expecting the Lord to answer and knowing, trusting that whatever God has in store for us, it is always for his glory and also for our good. Things may not go according to the way that you think or I think, but it's always for his glory and for our good in everything that we say and do. I was driving here this morning and uh, Wendy and I were chatting and I just want to confess, I need prayer and help and a filling of the Holy Spirit as we open up and learn together from this word. And as we go before the Lord in prayer, I, I, I chatted just yesterday with Cheryl Karstetter, uh, as you well know, uh, Todd has been battling cancer in his early stages of his treatment, and, um, and, and he is struggling, and it is not going well. He's actually in Geisinger right now, and so I assured Cheryl that together as a church family, we would be lifting up Todd and the rest of the family in prayer this morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me as we do just that? Father, we... We pause this morning to just say thank you for who you are. And we give praise to your name for your goodness and your grace and your mercies, for the freedoms that we enjoy, the place that we have been born, and we're able to worship you freely. Thank you for the presence of your spirit that guides every single part of this service. I thank you for your word that has opened up before us, and I pray, Lord, that it would come, come to life as you speak to us this morning, please, Lord, help me and fill me with your spirit so that everything, every utterance would bring glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, when, when one part of the body hurts, it seems like we all hurt. And I think right now of Todd, a faithful servant of you. And the battle that he's going through and the struggles that he has endured, particularly over the last 48, 72 hours. And Lord, as he's in hospital right now, I just pray, Lord, that he would know first and foremost that you are alongside of him. Father, thank you, Lord, for his dear wife, Cheryl. I think of as Todd ministered to her as she battled cancer a decade ago. And now Cheryl is ministering to Todd and what an example of a couple that says, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse. And Father, we just pray that you would restore him to full strength, that he would be back, Lord, running the hills and the trails, as he loves to do. Father, I pray for others that have gathered here this morning. Lord, and, and, and you know their hearts. I cannot know 
I would pray, Lord, that you would minister, that you would reveal yourself. Some of us need to be kind of prodded and pricked and and even kicked. And I pray for that to happen through the conviction of your spirit. But also others need a strong and a gentle embrace from you. I would pray, Lord, that they would sense that and know that. And Lord, ultimately, as we examine, Lord, the responsibility and who we are and what we do as a local church, that you would guide us every single step of the journey. Again, Lord, selfishly, I just plead for help this morning. May you speak and your servants, your children, your sons and daughters here. We ask this in the amazing and wonderful and matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen. It was July 1961. Set your bearings, many of you. We're not here. July 1961, 38 members of the Green Bay Packers gag, I would put in parentheses here, but I don't have that written, gathered together for the first day of training camp. The previous previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when they squandered a lead in the late fourth quarter and they lost to the NFL championship Philadelphia Eagles. The players, thinking about the brutal loss the entire offseason, had finally arrived at training camp, the first day of camp. The players were eager to get back to work, eager to get back on the path to a championship. And their coach, the famous Vince Lombardi, a Hall of Fame great, had a totally different idea as he gathered his team together. As they were encircled around them, he, he stood up and, he, and in his hand, he raised a pigskin to the air and he said gentlemen this is a football in a sense what happens he reduces everything to the basics we begin all over again we've been involved and engaged this summer in a series called church 101 why we do what we do and we've been looking at what we can never lose sight We've looked at worship and preaching and praying, serving, giving. We're going to look at fellowship and and membership. This morning we turn our attention specifically to the topic of serving as a church and for the church, but ultimately for the glory of God. Now, what I mean by this word serving, it's the word in Greek, diakonos, and it means to attend or to serve. It refers to actions associated with providing care, often in the form of humble service. So when I use this word serving, I'm thinking about this, how you offer yourself. And what's you? Your, your time, your gifts, your resources, all of the energies that God has given to you, you're serving, you're offering that to the Lord and ultimately to others. It's in this regard that the Lord Jesus Christ himself set an example for us to model. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, Jesus says this, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to offer his life 
as a ransom for many. Now, two verses before that, same chapter, Mark chapter 10 and verse 43, it says what? Jesus again said, whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. What Jesus is doing here is that he is teaching us, he's measuring greatness in his eyes, success in his eyes, involves serving the needs of others. And it should be as a result of an overflow in our own hearts because of the love that God has shown to us. What happens, it unleashes a ministry for us as we comprehend the incredible mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, the graces that we have received it overflows into what? A life of joy. It overflows into a life of generosity, both in our serving and, as we will see later on, in our sacrifice. Now, specifically this morning, we'll consider how God has called us to serve each other through the context of what is gathered right here, what God is doing amongst us through the local church of Jesus Christ and through the various gifts that are represented that actually, as they're exercised, they, they kind of draw us, they knit us closer and closer together. And my hope is that this will spur us on. Spur us on to serve each other more. Why? For our good, but ultimately for God's glory. Two points I want to give to you this morning. The first one is we're going to examine what I refer to as a theology of service. Now this entire series I've kind of told you in, in our little Q&A. We have opportunity to dialogue about this. you have any questions about it, shoot the little QR code and think about that question. And we'll discuss it afterward in the NPR. Everyone is welcome. Talk about this idea, it's, it's not entirely original to me. Capitol Hill has offered some great insight. I'm kind of using that as a guide for our topical study this summer. And it begins with a massive subject, a theology of service. And we begin by outlining exactly what that is as, as we look at a particular text of Scripture. You've opened up to it hopefully already. 1 Peter chapter 4. Michaela read it. I want to direct our attention Again, to verses 10 and 11. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. <clears throat> the word of the Lord. As each, just pause on that, each, everyone has received a gift. Use it. To serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Why? In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I love verses like this because it reminds us what? We scratch eternity today. 
Like today and what we hear and what we learn and what we decide to do in obedience to the word of God, we're actually beginning to scratch the rest of eternity by way of submission to his word. In many ways, these two verses are kind of a summary statement on what is a theology of service or ministry in the local church. And it contains five very simple but important truths. What are they? Every single Christian, if you've acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you have received at least one gift. Gifts are not reserved for people that stand up front. Okay, it's not reserved for a few and everyone else watches them. No, 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 that's not the design. Everyone, each Christian has received a gift. Each gift is a result of God's grace. Grace is what? I don't deserve it. You ever receive something you're like, you don't deserve it? It's like, whoa, that blows you right out of the water. Like, I don't deserve this. No, no, none of us do. And God has given us. Thirdly, we have a responsibility. And I love this, to steward well. Don't dig a hole and bury it, okay? Exercise it. You don't use your muscle, you lose your muscle. Fourthly, we are to use it for the benefit of others. Which means what? We're removed from the equation in many ways. As we use it for the benefit of others, we're ultimately what? Using it for the glory of God. Fifthly, what? We serve through God's strength, not our own. And all I can say to that is amen. Praise God. Because a lot of times you and I just don't have, it's like not in our tank. But God offers something every single day that he wakes you up and he kind of slides your feet and you're like, okay, Lord, here's another one. He like fills you up. It means as a Christian, there is some special manifestation. God is making known his grace to you, which actually is to build up, to strengthen other people in their faith. Intricately woven together. We read this again in another place in Ephesians chapter 4, Verses 11, 12, and 13. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. I love this. For the building up of the body of Christ. And underline this. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ. I totally know that you don't remember that last fall we spent a lot of time on this very subject in Romans chapter 12 as we were drawing that text to a conclusion of the last several months. The idea here is this. Paul is stressing here the fact, the aim is the strengthening of the whole body, not just parts of the body. This means that we are to minister, that we are to serve, that we are to offer with a view not of ourselves or even a couple people that we like to hang with, like two or three others. We're to serve not with ourselves in view, but with everyone at Big Woods in mind. Why? So that we're growing in maturity to the Lord Jesus Christ, growing in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about this. God gives gifts to all of us according to his grace. 
They're to be exercised by his strength that he's given to us. Why? For the unity of the body, drawing us together for his glory. And that's really what I just want to kind of hard focus in on this morning, today. Serving that brings glory to God is less about your personal fulfillment and more about what? Mutual enjoyment, mutual blessing mutual benefit and and right there we're kind of stepping back from this idea of serving that is totally foreign so let me let me state that again serving that brings glory to god is less about your personal fulfillment like i just don't really feel as if people are recognizing no no it's not about that it's less about your personal fulfillment and more about Mutual, together, are enjoying. The reason I want to focus here is because this is the place exactly where service goes wrong. The person who feels entitled to serve in a way only that I've been gifted. I only serve on these days. I only serve like this. I only serve in a way that what? That, that they find fulfillment and, and what, in some sense of entitlement, I serve in such a way that now people know who I am, then you're totally misunderstanding this passage of Scripture. You're totally misreading it. You're missing the point, the big idea. Remember, it's for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain. So it's not about just like, I crossed the finish line. I made it. No. No, it's about who have you got with you as you cross the finish line until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, if our goal of service is the strengthening of the body and not personal fulfillment, it means that what? We are to serve where the body needs strengthening, Does the body need strengthening? Look left and right. Absolutely. You better believe it does. Imagine paying like 40 bucks for a ticket, going to a ball game, and there's nine pitchers on the field. You'd say, well, they throw the ball well, but that's not going to be really much of an enjoyable game. Imagine paying 60 bucks for a ticket, getting to a football game, and there's 11 quarterbacks. He throws the ball well, and so does he, and so does he. Like, that would not work. It doesn't function like that. Secondly, how serving one another draws us closer. I love this term, knits our hearts together. How serving one another draws us closer to one another. I hear these words. I've had them spoken to me. I've had them written to me from people right here in this church. And I've heard these exact same words from people who attend other churches in other places and other locations. I hear words like this. Distant. I just feel distant. I hear words like this. Just, just disconnect it disjoint it. I feel alone. 
I feel isolated. I feel separated. I hear these words, no one really knows me. No one really cares about me. Now, now I've heard all of these phrases at some level, at some point in ministry, and it's no secret and understandably, particularly since what, what we just came through, since the pandemic. And I'm not going backwards, but we have to what? After action review. Particularly since that time where there was a forced distance. And now the local church is in many ways kind of picking up pieces of that. Did, did, did God see that? You better believe it. Did God know that those things were going to happen? Did God know that people would kind of be relegated to basements all over the place? Yes, absolutely. But think about this. If we are to be the body of Christ, where Christ is the head, or if we are to be a family where God is our father and we are literally brothers and sisters in Christ, what should be our motive for serving in the church? It has to be. It has to be a sense of togetherness where we actually share care for one another. Where we share concern for one another. And yet, I will tell you this, and I confess and admit, we cannot muster enough strength or tenaciousness on our own to accomplish that. Like, we don't have it in us. Therefore, I present to you what? A, we should serve in God's strength with great joy, not our own strength. We serve in the strength that God promises. And I don't, I don't think, forgive me, I don't see like, uh, like a salt shaker, like here's, here's the strength, like here, here you go. I, I don't see that. Like, I don't think God is like just dragging our face through the mud on here's a little bit just to like barely keep you. No, I, I think God just like opens the gates and he lavishly pours out everything, everything that we need and more. And our goal should not be, it's just good deeds. Like I'm just going to do this good thing. No, but it's good deeds done in a spirit that comes from a joyful dependence upon God. I refer to it all the time. You hear me speak about a glorious reliance. Like if he can use me, me, then I know he can use anyone. He says, if we don't praise God, he'll make the rocks cry out. and You can beat a rock. I can assure you of that. Joyful, joyful dependence upon God. And it really leads us back to 1 Peter chapter 4 that says, if anyone serves, he should do it with the strength of God. So work with me here a little bit. I think this is kind of fun. Like this is fun, just so that we're reminding one another. We get to do this. Work with me here. And let's consider two people who, who, who come and help at church, help clean up the church. And we'll call the first guy Holy Harry. I named him myself, just in case you need to know. Holy Harry, okay, he's coming and he's like, you know what? 
I'm pretty good at this anyway. And, and you know, if I do go and help clean up the church, probably going to be some people around there. There might even be some leaders, and they're going to see how good I am at doing this. And so probably other people are going to get pretty impressed with my skills. And so he comes, and what happens? And we've all seen it. He grumbles about the tools. Can you believe this is the mop that they chose to use? Who mops are for with this kind of a mop? And, and Holy Harry just kind of like lives in this world. He can't believe that there's only four people that have shown up, and so he grumbles and complains about that. And then he talks in the sidebar of how amazing his mopping skills are. I've already distanced myself. I've already gone for another part of the building to mop. I don't want to be around Holy Harry. And, and, and we know that his work is not done in a reliance on God's power. And we know that his attitude, what? Lacks a spirit of joy and gratitude and thankfulness that should really characterize every bit of our serving. What is he doing trying to impress people with his mopping skills? His desire to impress others robs God of his glory. Or consider humble Heidi, who's just hoping, hoping. She's not been feeling well at all, and she's hoping for an opportunity, maybe to help serve, maybe to help clean up, but it's been a struggle the last couple weeks. But she just loves, she would just love to come and participate at some level. And maybe by my going there, even if I'm just pouring coffee, maybe I could be an encouragement to somewhere, some person, somewhere. And so she prays, Lord, just give me the strength. And it turns out that she wakes up and, and, and she's good to go. She's going to arrive on scene and she's going to do the very best that she can with a rag or a mop and a broom, and she does it well. What, what happens? And she ex exudes a joy, a joy to be around. She exudes an attitude of what I call gratitude that promotes a oneness and a unity together. So, so if I could ask you, what's happening right here? What matters to God? It's not merely that we just use our gifts. It's really like what matters to God is really not about the floor getting mopped. What matters to God is really not about the wall getting painted. It's not really about us, our gifts, how we use them. It's whether or not we use them in joyful, cheerful reliance upon him. This is the attitude that we should have as we give our time and our energy to the church in everything that we do. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, each man should give what he has decided in his own heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, whining. Why? Because it says that God loves a cheerful giver. Of course, too often we don't, we don't always serve cheerfully. We don't always give cheerfully. We, we give, in a sense, out of obligation or compulsion or guilt. And, and that's really, that's serving done wrong. 
Rather, what we need to see are these opportunities that together we get to participate in the building up of God's kingdom. Like something bigger is happening here. We get to scratch eternity with every breath of our lungs, every beat of our hearts. You know what that's going to mean? Yeah, it's going to mean there's going to be late nights. It's going to mean that. It means there's going to be like long drives out of your way that you really weren't planning on going there. It's going to mean sticky fingers. It's going to mean messy cleanups. It's going to mean all of those things. But let me tell you this, it will be well worth it. As Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthians and he uses the example of the Macedonian churches. Remember that? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the chapter before the cheerful giver one. They didn't have a whole lot. It actually says in a severe test of affliction, it says their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. So remember, it's not just giving of our monies, it's the giving of our time and our resources, of our strength. And then he, he says this. This is the testimony of these Macedonian believers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4, he says that they were begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints now just back up for a moment they're be- they're they're begging us pleading with us earnestly like that's like from within that's deep that's gut stuff for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Just, just imagine for a moment here. Pleading for an opportunity to serve in the local church. Like, is there anything? Is, is there anything I can do? Please. Just guide me. Just point me to someone who is going through a, a difficult season. So I can aid them in the relief. Now, this is only going to happen. This is only going to happen when we, in a sense, what are we here? What are we preaching to ourselves? A message of the gospel. God offers to us. We are undeserving. And yet God has lavishly poured out upon us a gift of his grace. We preach the gospel to ourselves because I have received this. What? I can offer this to others. Serving. A privilege. Think about this. That we get to. Like we get to come here and do this. It's not like, oh, there it is again. My name's on the schedule. No, we get to. Thousand years from now, it doesn't matter about your little petty collection that you've been working up and stacking on in your garage. You get to. uh, What? Have a tiny little part of advancing the kingdom of God. Now, it raises a great question. And I've asked this question myself, to myself. What if I don't feel like that? Like, what, what if I don't have that attitude? What if my, what if my heart is kind of maybe cold or even dead toward serving? Or maybe there's some kind of a false motivation. Well, I better do this because, you know, that's what. And, and then if I don't, then people are going to view me. Or, or we serve out of a, f- a fear of, what are people going to say about me? 
well, somebody shows up and, and I'm not there. And so we have these false motivations. So the question is this, should I stop serving? Would it, wouldn't it be hypocritical for me to serve if I don't feel like I like, have a lot in there? That's a really, really good question for you to ask. You guys are a sharp group this morning. Should we stop serving? Here, here's the short answer to your question. No. No. You don't, sorry, but you don't get an easy pass on this. We should not refrain from serving in the church. Rather, in a sense, we know that our joy is not always going to be perfect. Why? Because I'm a sinner. While we should strive to serve or give at a joyful heart or at a grateful heart, we recognize that I don't always do this right. And, and, and I'm not perfect. And it's not going to be done perfectly. But what does Scripture command us? Scripture actually commands us to offer ourselves Remember Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24? I actually have a, a book I keep on my bookshelf, and it's like face up, and, and I remind people of it. Steve Lawson wrote a book, and it's entitled this, It Will Cost You Everything. Like, just so that there's no confusion, you want to make a step to follow the Lord Jesus Christ? You want to accept him as Lord and Savior? You want to, you want to live a life of holiness? You, you want to submit to him and surrender to him and live in obedience? Well, here's, a, here's a little reminder, okay? It's going to cost you everything. So whoever sold you some kind of a lie that says, you can just let, like, offer this little bit here and then everything's good to go? No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus Christ himself says in Matthew chapter 16, you deny yourself, you take up your cross and follow me. Well, how much is it going to cost? And I've had, I've, ha I've had lunch with people and they've actually asked me a question. Hey, pastor, can you tell me? I'd like to have a, just, I would like to have a little bit of God. I don't like, I, I can't handle too much of him. And I'm like, I'll pay for your lunch, man, but that doesn't work like that. I've never heard of that. It's going to cost you everything. Now, now, now let, me, let me preface something. Just hold that thought and sidestep for a moment. Does that mean that we never take a break in ministry? No. Okay, we, we need to rest. We need to steward our mind and our heart and our body. I think of Sunday school teachers that are getting a break for the summer where others can come in. We're not talking about just like grinding them into the dust and then just letting them blow away. No, there's a responsibility we have to care for one another. But what I'm trying to say is that on the day-to-day -day basis, guess what? It happens. I love people. I love the word of God. I love the fact that I get paid to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. Like, that's my day job. I get to do that. But I tell you this, there are days I don't want to do it. Like, sorry. Tuesday morning, open up. I just, I just don't know. Like, can I read more and study more and write more and listen more and read more and write more and study more and listen more? Like, there's days that I don't always feel like doing it. And I can assure you of this. I hate to burst your bubbles. There's Sunday school teachers back there that they don't always get excited every single time Sunday school rolls around. And there's nursery workers and there's greeters and there's deacons 
But I think of this, like fathers and mothers, mama and daddy. Do you get tired sometimes? We, we, have, we have had our three little grandsons home with us this past week. They're off to see the other side of the family. Praise God. It is wonderful to see them. I, I will tell you this, it is an absolute joy. Dear little Theo, I don't know, he went through 57 diapers just yesterday at the, at the Arboretum in State College. I have no idea. Mimi, there's another one. Mimi, there's another one. Like, you get tired of that? Probably. But what? We love the little guy. Sure, dads and moms get tired. Sure, teachers get tired. But you know what? I love that little one. And I will do whatever I need to do to express my love. You see, you see that's, that's how we begin to. Like everything in the Christian life, we're going to do it imperfectly. But Lord willing, by his strength, we continue to grow, continue to mature. There's two things I think that have to happen when we find ourselves like, whoa, I just, you know, I just don't feel like. Rarely do I give you the option, but I'm going to give you the option here. Two things. Here's, here's your option. You can either pray that God would help you serve joyfully in his strength and that your motive would be pure. Or you can what? Stop, ask forgiveness for the attitude that you have in serving that has not been the best. And, and this is your choice. You can either stop and ask forgiveness and then pray, or you can pray and then stop and ask forgiveness. But those two things have got to happen. Those two things have got to happen. So you can kind of, you can kind of like, people wire differently. Personally, I would stop everything, and I would say, Lord, just forgive my heart first and foremost. And then pray that you would fill my tank up to serve in your strength. Knowing again intentional emphasis, intentional repetition. You still need a break in ministry. Okay, we're not saying grinding people's nose into it there's nothing left. So when you're like, uh, yeah, there's no joy, and I've been at it week after week after week. Excuse me, I, I, I need to tap out here for a little bit. I need to get some oxygen. Totally okay. Make sure you, you ask for that. Secondly, we're not to think that our serving is useless. This happens. Or, or you feel discontent in your serving. One obstacle to the body of Christ functioning is that, that there is a sense. Like, does it really matter anyway? Like, there's people who, who, who do this better than I do. So there's members that serve this way. And what happens is that it, it, it can lead to some dangerous areas. It can lead to like, why can't I be as gifted as these men right here? And it, and it leads to envy. Or it leads to, to what? A, a discontentment? God, why'd you make me the way that you made me? And Paul directly rejects the idea of that. Of this feeling of uselessness. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he again uses this wonderful image of the body with many members. And he explains that the very existence of the body of Christ depends upon its diversity. The different parts of the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, here it is, 
God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, underlined these words, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts. Much diversity. We began our series in that. Yet one body. You do realize this. If we say in a sense that there's what? It's just useless. Why bother showing up anyway? There's a discontent with the role or the gift that we have been given. We're not just rejecting God's plan and idea for how the body works. We're actually rejecting God himself in his providence and his provision. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. So what does this mean for us? We serve in the church where we can serve. And we thank God for the gift that he has given to us. And we should not feel useless or discontent because we're not serving in a particular area or a particular capacity. There are many ways. There are many needs for people to serve here for the health and the strength of big woods. Different parts of the body serve in different ways. Maybe you are rich in time. It just happens to be that you're in a stage of life that you have more time than the young mama. Then you're to serve there. Maybe some of you are, are rich in resources. Or you have been gifted or blessed more physically than others. Some of you are wealthy in relationships. You, you, you extroverts, it just seems like there's a magnet around you wherever you go. You have a lot of relationships. You steward those relationships. How can I serve? Encourage others to serve alongside of you. Don't ever, ever, ever be the person who gives up serving because you don't see your contribution as important enough. Horrible place to be. Service to God is not valuable because of some temporal result. It's valuable because of the eternal gift of God that has been given to you. Remember when Jesus was watching the the, um, widow put in and he calls the disciples over? Think about that. What did Jesus say was more valuable? The the, the widow's gift or the guys that are putting in a thousand bucks? No, no, no. She's the one. Again, it raises a good question here. Question is, well, can we desire anything else? Like, is this it? We just stay in this lane until we die? And it's a really good question. Can we seek other gifts? If you read scripture, it actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that we should eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Knowing as well that gifts have been given for his good pleasure and he doesn't make mistakes. And yet, in another level... It says that we are to desire spiritual gifts. Is it possible to desire spiritual gifts maybe that you don't presently have without feeling useless or coveting others? Is it possible? Here's the answer. I I think it is. Yes. I think it's, it's going to demand a maturity. It's going to demand a balance of being content in the what? The sovereign plan that God has outlined for us in God's sovereign provision for us. But you know, at some level, there is to be a holy discontentment that we always are striving for more. Both in what? The, the, the width and the breadth of our own knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a holy discontent. That's why we read more. That's why we study more. 
That's why we ask questions. There is to be a holy discontentment in our pursuit of holiness. So it can't happen. It doesn't mean you get benched while you watch others. It doesn't mean that you're benched and complaining because others. No, it's serving in the trenches and saying, Lord, whatever you want to give to me, it's up to you. Lastly, we should use our gifts humbly. This is, in a sense, the opposite of what we just looked at. Again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul admonishes those who've been given gifts where there seems to be greater, greater responsibility or maybe greater visibility. And we're to exercise those gifts with great humility. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. He's what? He's pushing them. You don't think like that. Th those in positions of greater visibility, and, and that's God's design, okay? Are never under any circumstance to lord their authority or carry out their duties with a sense of superiority. Jesus Christ himself says what? Do not come to be served, but to serve. You ever think for a moment? If you ever think for a moment, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll come after you. If you think for a moment that you are better than someone else, if you think for a moment that your gifts are more important than someone else, I'll tell you what, there's a dangerous place to be. What happens? What happens? People, people get territorial with their own little kingdom and their own little ministry and, and people can get bitter. Like And, and what? suspicious somebody's going to do something different if they do something different maybe it's better and it's going to look better dangerous stuff rather we need to recognize and honor the service of all members no matter how visible or invisible those are and a great way to do that is acknowledge those purposely look for and and seek to acknowledge those that are working behind the scenes you realize how many people on a given Sunday are serving in some capacity throughout the course of the week when, when there's ladies, young moms, Bible studies and growing in the Lord and there's people behind the scenes that are changing the diapers and doing whatever they do back there. Like there's people all, look for them. Stop and thank a greeter. Thank you for serving faithfully. Stop and thank. Write a card to the person who's making your coffee every, every Sunday. Gets here earlier. Thank the guys who keep us safe and watch the doors and turn on lights and heat and make sure everything's cool for you. But, you know, it has been a little chilly. And all we do is we find, like, a little loud, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Just look for people. Say, thank you for serving. And the blessing that is, the encouragement that is. Think of where we started. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Greatness is measured because of the love that God has shown to us in Jesus Christ, the greatest servant of all, who laid down his own life for us. What happens? There is to be an overflow, an overwhelming sense of love and joy and appreciation in our hearts that what? Floods out to show our love to others by serving them. I leave you with this. Examine your own, your, your own heart attitude even right now. 
This time is, is not to be wasted. The Holy Spirit speaks in moments like this. And so pray sometime today, even now. Lord, reveal to me my own attitude. And if there is, if there is joy that you get to serve and contentment in where you are serving, then, then praise God for that. Thank you, Lord. Or else what? Deep down inside, if there's a sense of misery and, and jealousy, why don't I get to? I tell you what you need to do. You need to confess that before God. And then after you examine, in a sense, your own heart and your attitude, look at your, your schedule throughout the course of the week. Like we all are granted the same amount of hours, the same amount of minutes every single day. If, if there is a, in your schedule sacrifice that is being made for others, and there's a sincere concern for others, stop again and praise God for that. You're managing, you're stewarding your time well. But if there's not that, there's a sense of selfishness or criticalness, then we need to stop and confess that. Lord, forgive me. I want the world to revolve around me. Confess that. Third, and here's the practical. Ask, inquire about opportunities to serve. Look at the church website. I'm not going to do the announcement thing, but it's in front of you. Read the need to know. Look at your bulletin. How can I serve? Take the little connect card in front of you and say, I'd like to serve more. Do you know how I can do that? Next week, and we, we are looking at this, and there are many people serving, and we're praying about as, as, as our junior and senior high ministries grow, there's a gap now in the younger children where we're not able to minister to them in the context that we feel that we should or to the extent that we feel that we should. And so we as elders and staff have prayed about what? Children's ministry. Do you realize in a want of ministry, a workman always not ashamed. Something Awana, I know it's, forgive me, I'm not proficient in Awana, but it's mem scripture memorization, even beginning with the little ones. And we're not going to lean on people that are already maxed out in serving. It can't happen. Which means we need new people. So next week we have an opportunity. Yeah, I don't like sticky fingers. I don't really care if you don't like sticky fingers. I don't care if you don't like clean up messes. You can listen as children are what? stumble in their way to hide God's word in their heart. You can do that. You can do that. Next weekend, join in that explore. Ask, ask, ask. Where is it that I can serve? And let me tell you this. Then as you're just serving, just kind of step back and watch in orchestra, in, in perfect, in perfect, what? Harmony and unity. This God is doing an amazing work. Through his strength for one another's good, but ultimately for the glory of God. The basics. This is a football, okay, people? Like, don't forget that. This is basic on who we are and what we do as a local church. Father, we love you. And we pray, Lord, that you'd guide us. You grant us wisdom as we seek to, to be obedient to you. Equip us and strengthen us. Lord, we confess areas when we fall short, when we tend towards selfishness as I can Lord, that we would look to others. We would have our own heart just well up with inside of us out of gratitude for you as we get to serve others. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.